I'm going to be really honest with you. Doesn't really matter if you have thousands of followers on your social media accounts or just a few hundred. Either way, no matter how big or small your accounts are, you should be leveraging social media to build buzz for your digital products. The goal is to get more customers. And if you're not sure how to do that, on the show today we have an incredible guest. Her name is Andrea Jones, and she is going to give you a few tips and tricks to better leverage your social media channels while working smarter, not harder. Stay tuned. You are listening to the Rebel Boss Ladies podcast, where we feature everyday rebel women just like you who are taking charge of their life and creating a path to financial freedom by building a business online. I'm your host, Eden Freed, and this is episode seven. Rebels, you don't even know how lucky you are to be listening to this episode of Rebel Boss Ladies. On the show today, we have Andrea Jones. Andrea is a social media strategist who works with small businesses, startups, and podcasts to build their online presence through targeted social media and content marketing solutions. She's also the host of the Savvy Social Podcast, a show for budding entrepreneurs who want to understand the how and why of social media marketing. She's also the founder of SavvySocialSchool.com, a membership community that has everything you need to achieve visibility, growth, and engagement on social media. Andrea has graciously donated her time to the Rebel Boss Ladies community to share her tips and tricks on how to actually leverage social media without going completely insane and without actually needing tens of thousands of followers. You can take your tiny, teeny, small, almost invisible social media channel and still squeeze some juice out of that and create a queue of customers who are ready to buy from you. And Andrea, she teaches you exactly how to do that in this podcast episode. Honestly, after we recorded this, I was blown away by how much she gave to our community and I'm really so grateful to her for that. And the best part about this is that Andrea has actually volunteered to host a webinar free of charge for our audience. She's going to be showing you guys how to create a social media content strategy. During this webinar, it'll probably be about an hour long, Andrea is going to actually show you how to turn your blog posts into endless social media content pieces. So we're talking about working smarter, not harder, taking existing pieces of content that you've already created and turning it into new types of content, repurposing content and that's really a great strategy to implement because we don't have a lot of time and we have a lot to do so why not take something that already exists and get more out of it Andrea is also going to share her proven formula that takes the guesswork out of figuring out what to post each week because I know we all wonder what should we be actually sharing on social media Andrea is going to clear that up for you um, clear that up for you. Did I say Claire? Whatever. Keep. I'm gonna. I'm gonna keep on keeping on. And she's also gonna show you how she sets up her social media clients for success, which basically means you get a behind-the-scenes look at the social media strategy that she's implementing for her clients with success. And finally, Andrea is gonna show you the number one trick that's gonna take. Uh, that's gonna save you tons of time posting content because we all know. We don't got time for that, all right? So if you're short on time, as most of us are, this is going to be a great use of time for you. Spend an hour with us and save tons of time later on. It's, it's really, it's invaluable. So the link to that is edenfreed.com forward slash social dash Andrea, A-N-D-R-E-A. Again, edenfreed.com forward slash social dash Andrea. 
sign up through that link and you'll be able to access the webinar when it goes live on November 27th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Again, November 27th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you're listening to this podcast after November 27th, you should still be able to get a replay through that link. Definitely don't forget to save your seat, but for now, I'm flipping it on over to that interview with Andrea. Thank you for being here with us, Andrea. I'm excited to have you. I'm excited to be here. So we always start most of our interviews with kind of just like an introduction as to who you are, but also how you got started doing what you're doing. So do you mind sharing a little little bit about that with us? Yeah, sure. Um, So my entrepreneurial journey um, looks a little different in the sense that I never would have started a business had the circumstances not just kind of happened in the right way. Um, So I worked in management in the spa industry when I lived in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, And then I met my husband, Brent, who you know, um, and moved to Canada. And I live in Niagara Falls, Canada now. And because of that move, I could have either gone on the job hunt here or started my own business. So because Brent had a job and I wasn't employed at the time, I decided to use that time that I had to start pursuing freelancing. Um, And in the beginning, I was doing everything. I was doing um, Fiverr testimonial videos for people. I was writing blog posts. I was, um, I had a course that I taught on English literature, which was my degree um, in university. So I was doing all the things, um, but I always knew that I wanted to kind of land in social media. Um, Brent and I actually met um, doing YouTube videos, like making videos. He did like comedy videos and I was doing like, I don't know, I thought I was like a little celebrity, I guess, about my life. (laughs) Um, And so I always was really, really attracted to social media. Um, And so my first client who I got through Fiverr, who allowed me to do a lot of testing on her account, she's still my client today. Um, She was really the catalyst to me really focusing in on social media services. It's one of the few kind of freelancing services where you're billing people monthly. Um, A lot of other freelancing, like whether you're blogging or creating websites, it's like a one and done type deal. And I really liked the model of having that recurring revenue coming in from clients. So that's how I got started. Um, My husband, Brent, eventually left his job and joined me as a freelancer in social media as well. Um, He's now a fiction author, um, so a writer, um, and I kind of run the business. Um, And it's more of like a boutique agency now. It's just that we have a very small team, and we've got about a dozen or plus clients. So um, that's how I got started. That is so cool. And just for everyone listening to have some background on how we know each other. So I actually knew Brent first. Um, We met because I was a guest on his podcast back in the day, which doesn't even exist anymore because he's kind of pivoted and is now doing the self-published author thing, which is amazing. Um, And, but we never crossed paths until recently, but I I don't know why that happened. We live so close to each other. We live just across the border, so close to each other. We didn't meet, but I'm excited that we're finally connecting now. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny how we all can be connected on the digital space, even if we've never met 
IRL in real life. <laughs> so I really like that um, we're connected now. And um, Brent's actually been a huge connector for me too, because he's just a lot more, I wouldn't say, like he's just a lot more personable, I guess. Like he he makes a lot more connections. I guess I'm a little shyer than he is. So I get to kind of like leverage some of his connections that he makes because he's like, hey, you should know this awesome person. And I'm like, yay, I met another awesome person. <laughs> no, that's great. I wish I had that. My husband is a, an oral surgeon, so I don't get any of that. That <laughs> <laughs> you have some clean teeth, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Cool. So I'm really excited that you're here selfishly because we get to connect more, but also because the Rebel Boss Lady community can really benefit from your knowledge. So you are a social media guru. So if you don't mind, I'm just going to pick your brain on some things that our audience can really leverage in terms of um, using social media to kind of build buzz for their digital products and how they can leverage their platforms, even if they're really teeny tiny audiences, how they can use that to ultimately do what we all want to do, which is make more money online, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so I think a good place to start is the question of where do we start? Um, you know, so many of us are brand new and don't really know like what platforms are right and where we should be spending our time. So can you kind of tell us about that? Any tips and tricks you have for figuring out what's a good platform for you? Yeah, that's such a good question because it can feel very overwhelming um, because especially if you look at someone in a similar industry as you or they're selling a similar digital product and they seem to be everywhere. Um, but I promise you, you don't have to be everywhere. If you're just starting out, I really suggest just picking one social media platform. So whether that be Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, try to maybe pick one that you're naturally gravitating towards. So one that maybe you personally use, um, but also start, you know, doing some um, Googling and figuring out which platform maybe falls in line more so with your uh, your your industry. So being that a lot of us sell digital products or bloggers or something like that, um, right now you can really pick almost any platform to start off on. Um, and that's where you should spend your time, just on that one platform. Don't spread yourself too thin. Now, when it comes to actually using that platform, there's a few things that I suggest to kind of maximize your time that you're using on that platform. So a lot of us fall into the trap of content creation. So we're creating a lot of posts and we're like, why is no one seeing our content? Nobody's liking it. Nobody's commenting on it. Um, and I think uh, that's because we need to be a little more sociable. We need to use social media as a relationship building tool. So um, a good rule of thumb is try to spend more time networking on social media than you're creating content. So if you're creating content, let's say you have one post every day, um, but you don't have enough time to go in every day and actually network, maybe cut back. Maybe only do posts five days a week or three days a week. And that way you can spend the rest of your time actually like getting in there and connecting with people and networking because those actions will really make the difference in kind of growing your audience and giving you that foundation so that you can eventually sell your digital products. Yeah, I love that. That is so true. And it's like you said, really easy to fall into that trap of just tons of time content creating. I, and I've always kind of said like, for however long you've spent actually creating the piece of content, you should spend four times 
as much time actually promoting it. So networking is definitely a great way to do that. Now, where can we find those opportunities to network? It can feel kind of intimidating, especially in like Instagram or Pinterest, which is arguably not even a social media channel. <laughs> do you have any tips for that? Yeah, it can be hard, but um, maybe think about what you would do if you were meeting people in real life. Um, so if it's a platform like Instagram, you would probably want to look for where people are hanging out. So if it's a, a real life example, you would go to a networking group. So if it's an Instagram example, maybe look for a co-working space where people are checking in. And those people can be people you can kind of network with because chances are if they're at a co-working space and they're checking in there on Instagram, they probably could be interested in a product that will help expand their business. Um, so that could be a really good place to start. You can also look at things like hashtags or even look um, at uh, similar uh, profiles or competitor profiles and see who follows them and who's networking with them. Um, so yeah, it does take a little bit of research at first, um, but it'll start to build up over time. You'll, it'll feel more natural over time and you'll start to see trends that you can capitalize on. So be like, oh, I really started connecting with this particular specific hashtag. And I notice I'm getting a lot of engagement. Let me keep doing those things. Yeah, that is, you have my brain working in all kinds of ways because I never thought about the check-ins, mm -hmm. <laughs> never thought into looking at like, and that makes me think about event conferences, things like that, that have hashtags, digging into those hashtags and finding similar people through that. I love it. That's a, such a useful tip. Yeah, I actually um, went to Podcast Movement this summer, um, and I started my kind of side branch of my business, which is social media for podcasts, and that's where I saw the largest growth. I started that account in July. It's an Instagram account, and now I have like 1,200 followers in just a few months, and a lot of it was checking in, like going to see who checked in at Podcast Movement and connecting with those people because those are my people. And so it was a really easy connection because my account says social media for podcasts. They're checking into a podcast event. So the, they instantly felt like a kinsmanship with me. And that was like the beginning of relationships with a lot of people that I connected with online. So just for reference, what is the Instagram handle for that account? It's at social media for podcasts. Okay, cool. So if anyone's listening and wants to check that out, I definitely recommend checking that out. And that's so smart too, because we always think about um, social media in terms of just being online, but that your experience shows that you can bring social media marketing kind of into an in-person experience as well by going to conferences. Have you found that besides that experience that that's been useful for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, I know, you know, we're all in this digital world, but nothing beats actually talking to someone, actually connecting with them in person. Um, social media is usually just maybe a first touch point. Um, so one thing one of my students does actually is before an event, she'll go look at who the speakers are and connect with them on social media and then maybe send them a DM and say, hey, I'm looking forward to your talk on whatever it is. And then by the time she gets to the event, that speaker already knows who she is. And so she kind of is building that connection before the event using social media 
And then after the event, staying in touch with that speaker, maybe seeing if that speaker could be on her podcast or participate in her digital products in some way. So you're really kind of leveraging social media and that in real life connection. That is so true. I I recently went to a, a conference, the Tribe Conference hosted by Jeff Goins. Um, and sorry, everyone listening, I've been mentioning this over and over again, but it was such a good conference. It, anyway, what happened was um, I connected with the speakers and actually I re- friend requested them. I was that girl that friend requested some of these speakers and a lot of them accepted, um, which is something. Have you found that that's useful? I, I don't know if that's like inappropriate or whatever, but what, what do you think about that? I friend requested the speakers. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that as long as you leverage it in, an, in a way that is still mutually beneficial. So I think a challenge would be if someone were to friend request that speaker and then ask for a bunch of free advice. I think that could be, you know, not it cannot feel like it's um, two people contributing to a relationship, just one person trying to get free stuff. Um, so it, as long as you're contributing, so like you friend requested them, but you're also posting information that they would be interested in, or you're commenting on their posts, giving back to them in some way, um, I think then that could be mutually beneficial. Um, I love social media because it's kind of like this creepy way that we stay in touch with people. So even if we're not actually talking directly to those people, we're reminded that they exist, that their products exist, because we're seeing their posts pop up in our feed all the time. So I don't see a problem with connecting with the speakers um, and requesting them. Just make sure that it's, you know, kind of goes both ways. Yeah, I mean, for me, it has been, if you think about what social media is, it's a connector, right? Like, it's a platform to be with other humans. And we forget that when we're so busy promoting our own stuff. We forget that we're all just humans and we have a lot of stuff in common that are just not even related to whatever it is that we're working on promoting. And I think that that's why the friend request, for me, it's worked really well, actually. Um, but the friend request and sending DMs, just be friends with the people without asking for anything in return. I think that's the big takeaway with social media. Oh, yeah, for sure. I use this analogy of dating. It's kind of like dating where, um, you know, if you've ever been on a date or even if it's just a friend relationship and that person just talks about themselves constantly and you can't get a word in, it feels a little weird. I mean, so social media is the same way. Like you want to make sure that both people are contributing to the conversation. So even in your example of um, connecting with these people, if you're posting on social media, um, you know, not just posting like, hey, here's my product, here's my product, here's my product, but joining in the conversation, asking questions like, you know, what do you do in this scenario? Or how do you feel about this? Or here's something that may inspire you today, you know, mixing in the content so that it's not so much, you know, here's how awesome I am all the time. Yeah, give, give, give without asking for anything in return. And then eventually you will get something in return. Yes. So I want to segue to talk a little bit about digital products and how you can use social media to build buzz for maybe an upcoming launch or if you have an evergreen product that you want to sell on a regular basis. Um, what should what should people do to kind of start building buzz on different platforms with social media? 
Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think the first thing you kind of want to look at is how do people go from point A to B to C? So most people don't buy something because you posted about it on social media. So really think about that almost like a sales funnel or a pathway to sales. Um, really think about how that person goes through that path. So would it be they need to sign up for your email list first, then you sell them the product? Would it be that they need to um, join a wait list first? Do they need to join your Facebook group? Think about what those pathways to the product would be. Um, and then I would create stories around those products. So rather than just saying, here's my digital product, please buy it, I would really talk about the transformational process of that product. So, you know, maybe share a story from one of your customers, you know, customer A bought this product and now see what's happening with their business, with their life. Um, talk about how people feel after they buy the product. Um, maybe even share your own story about how you started the product. Why did you make it? What pulled you into creating and crafting this amazing thing? So really use the power of storytelling to talk about your product, but also think about that path. So maybe your call to action isn't by the product, but is if you want to learn more, message me, or if you want to learn more, sign up for the wait list or something like that. I think a really powerful tool is realizing that you need to show and not tell so much on social media. You can tell on your sales page or in your emails, but social media is more for showing. Do you find that to be true? Oh yeah, exactly that. I mean, we have so many tools available to us, so one of them would being video. So if there's a way that you can maybe teach something using video, you're showcasing a tiny portion of your expertise, of what you know, of what it's like working with you, of what it's like when people buy that product. So instead of saying buy this product, you're showing them part of that experience using social media. So I think that's so cool. Um, I personally love video, um, so I think it's such a a powerful way to use that show not tell method to really get people interested in what you do yeah and do you have tips on like the different platforms how you can leverage so let's say you're using Instagram and Facebook those are your two chosen social media platforms you have a digital product coming out we'll just we'll say it's a course it's coming out in maybe 90 days from now um, but you're not really sure how to use the very different platforms Instagram and Facebook are so like kind of polar opposites in, in a few different ways. Um, how can you take like one story and put it in, in these two different platforms? Okay, yeah, so if it's the same story for this course, let's say, um, what I would suggest on a platform like Instagram is maybe creating a stationary post, an image post right in the feed that talks a little bit about the story, but then get, go really in depth with that in your Instagram story. So maybe do a behind the scenes video or a series of small clips that you can put together that shares more um, of, a, of a quality and personable uh, aspect of your course. Um, if you're doing something on Facebook, I would take that exact same concept. So no, no need to kind of start from scratch there. But you can take the exact same concept and maybe do a Facebook Live video. Um, videos are really huge on Facebook right now. So if you can do a Facebook Live video, get your audience to participate, ask questions, make it a very collaborative process. I think that can be a very fun way 
to leverage both of those platforms using the same idea or the same concept for the course that you're going to be selling. And that's great because what you essentially said was write something in a caption on a and an Instagram post in your feed and then elaborate on it in your story. And so what you could do is kind of direct people from your story to your post and from your post to your story. And if you're doing a Facebook Live, you can kind of say in your Instagram story, hey, I'm doing a Facebook Live. What questions do you have? And then direct them to your Facebook page. So you kind of can like create this whole cyclical event of things contributing to each other. Yes. Yes. And the question I get often when, when, when I tell people something like that is they're like, oh, it feels like too much. It feels like I'm talking about the same thing and people are going to tune it out. And I promise you, if it feels like too much, you still need to do a little bit more <laughs> because not everyone's looking at our content all the time. I mean, we're looking at it all the time, so it may feel like it's a lot for us, but on any given moment, only 10% of your audience is looking at an Instagram post, an Instagram story, a Facebook Live, only 10%. So if you're getting 10% on that Instagram post and then 10% in an Instagram story and then 10% on Facebook, you're still not reaching a vast majority of your audience. So it's not too much. I promise you that it's not too much. So reuse that content. You can still cater it to the different platforms, um, but you can take that singular concept, that singular idea and still leverage it in multiple ways so that you don't get exhausted thinking of new ideas every single time for every single um, different platform. Now, do you have, because we're talking about being overwhelmed and thinking like we're doing too much on social media. So what is the right amount? You know, should we be posting every single day or doing an Instagram story every day? Or what's your recommendation there? There are a few different recommendations I have for this question because some of it kind of depends on your own um, time that you have committed to social media. Um, but for a beginner, a social media person, let's say you're joining Instagram for the first time, I would suggest posting between three to five times a week and just focus on the feed. Don't worry about Instagram stories just yet. That's almost another platform. So post three to five times, Instagram only, and then spend the rest of your time networking, getting used to the platform, connecting with other people. Once you do that for, let's say, six to nine weeks, then you can layer in maybe an Instagram story strategy. And once you do that for another, say, two months, then you can start playing around with Facebook perhaps. But I really want you to give yourself a solid amount of time on that platform before kind of diving into anything else because it will feel overwhelming. I promise you, if you sign up for Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and LinkedIn all today and you want to post different content every single day on all those platforms, it's going to be way too much. You're going to spend all day doing that. And then you're not going to have enough time, you know, building out your course or writing that ebook or whatever your digital product is. So I want you to still have time, a majority of your time to work on the things that you do. And social media should only be a very small portion of that. So quality over uh, quality of content over quantity of content, especially because we don't want to get burnt out and overwhelmed and just quit. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I don't want you to quit. And two, it's like quality of relationships too. Um, so it's quality of content, but also making sure you're saving time for the connecting too, because burnout is real. And um, I don't want you guys to have to deal with that. 
So what about if somebody's thinking, okay, I have this Instagram channel and it has like, I don't know, 300 followers on it and they've been around. So they've already done the feed and they're ready to layer in the, the Instagram story. Um, but like 10 people are watching it. Is that, is that time to call it quits or is that time to kind of continue digging into that strategy? continue digging in. And there's two things that I suggest. If you notice you're posting Instagram stories and not a lot of people are watching. Number one tip is to use hashtags in your Instagram story. It works just like hashtags in your Instagram posts. So start playing around with different hashtags, see what works. Um, along with that hashtag concept is start adding in some more um, engagement um, elements to your story. So they have this questions feature, they have the poll feature. Instagram really likes it when you use those things. So once you start using those things, they are going to start showing your posts to more people. So that's the first part. Use hashtags, use some engagement elements. The second thing I suggest is watch more stories. So Instagram will start showing your story to other people when you watch other people's stories. And people can see when you, when you watch their stories. They can see who, who's watched their stories. So if they see, oh, this person or this business has been watching my stories, I want to go check them out. Um, you can take it a step further by also interacting with their stories as well, answering their questions, answering their polls, or even messaging them. Messaging based on an Instagram story is such an intimate way to connect with someone. It's not public, like commenting on their picture. So it really feels like, you know, you're in the Starbucks line and you say to the person in front of them, hey, I really like your shirt. Like that's a one-to-one -one connection that's really powerful and could go further. Maybe you become besties or you start dating or whatever it is. Um, so if you're watching an Instagram story and you're like, I really like that person's shirt, message them and tell them that. Um, something as simple as that can go a long way to connecting with that person. And chances are they'll return the favor, watch your story, and you've built a connection on, uh, on that tool. I got to say that the DMs on Instagram really feel like text messages in my, on my phone. Like if you want to reach out to me and have a real one-to-one -one conversation with me, even more so than email, like DMs are the way to go. I don't know why it is that way more so than Facebook or any other platform, but I know it's true for so many other people as well. So I think that that is just a goldmine for customers and also just like relationship building with influencers as well. Oh yeah, definitely. And I feel that it's a little bit underutilized right now. So as a business or as an individual, you can really stand out by doing that. Um, I find other platforms like Twitter right now, there's just so many like automated bots right now that even if you DM someone on Twitter, they go, is this a robot or is this a real person? Whereas on Instagram, it still feels very organic. It does feel like you're texting someone. Um, so you have a higher chance of really building an authentic connection with that person. Super, super, super quick intermission here and a quick favor to ask of you. Would you do me a huge solid and pause the podcast, take a really quick screenshot of you listening to the podcast on your phone and then post that on your Instagram stories or share it on Facebook and be sure to tag me and Andrea. The reason why I'm asking you to do this is number one, it shows us that you're actually listening and that you're actually engaged and we get to start a conversation one-on-one -on -one with you. 
but it also helps us reach a wider audience to help more people create passive income with digital products. And and that's ultimately the goal, to help as many people as possible uh, achieve financial freedom and flexibility with digital products. So I'd really appreciate it. I know Andrea would as well. As well. And let's flip it back to the interview. Okay, so um, one other thing that I really wanted to pick your brain on, if you don't mind, is tools. All of those automation tools that are out there. What should we be using? What's the best strategy for using them? How much should we rely on them or not rely on them? Tell us your secrets. <laughs> yes, tools will save you. So um, I highly recommend choosing a scheduling tool when it comes to creating your social media content. Um, so you may find this as you're creating your digital products or your blogging. When you sit down and do something, you give yourself an hour to do it. You're really productive in that hour. So I really suggest once a week sitting down, giving yourself an hour and writing all your social media posts for that week because that will really make you productive. And then the second part of that is putting those posts in a social media scheduling tool. Now, which one do I recommend? There's so many great ones. So it kind of depends on your platform um, and like where you're spending your time. I do have a lot of guidance for this inside of my um, paid um, community, Savvy Social School. Um, but a good rule of thumb is um, to start with the platform and just Google it. So scheduling tool for Instagram, for instance, if that's what you're using, or scheduling tool for Facebook. Um, a few of the top ones that I always recommend and love, I'm a Hootsuite fan, especially if you just have three platforms. It's free. It's great to start off on. They've been around for a long time but it's not the prettiest interface on the inside. Um, so a second one that I recommend is also Buffer. Buffer is great if you have three platforms, um, connects to pretty much everything. You can schedule posts fairly easy. Their interface is a little prettier. Um, and then a new one that I've been using lately just internally for my team is called Social Report. I personally love it because of the analytics. So it tells you how many people click links in your posts, how much reach your posts got, all of those numbers. I kind of geek out over them a little bit. So I've been using Social Report lately, and I love that one. Um, but honestly, a lot of these tools have free trials. So it may be a little bit of a trial and error where you sign up, you test it out for a week or two, see if you like how you upload posts, how you compose your captions, see if it works for your brain. And if it fits, if it works, if it connects with everything, just use that tool. Um, and don't get shiny object syndrome. So if you pick a tool, just kind of stick with it if it's working for you because they, there are dozens out there. Um, once you find one that works for you, just stick with that one. Now, is there a benefit to using one of those third-party tools as opposed to using the, tool, like the native tool in Facebook, for example? There is no benefit if you're just scheduling. Um, I guess a side benefit with some of these tools have other perks, like they'll suggest hashtags to you, or they'll have RSS feeds where you can um, you know, add in certain blog posts if you share from them consistently. But outside of that, there is no perk to using the tool, um, unless you want to schedule multiple places. So where I find 
the social media scheduler inside of Facebook, like their native scheduler, can be a little clunky. Is let's say you want to do Facebook and Twitter, so now you have to find somewhere else to put your Twitter posts. Whereas with a lot of these tools, you can simply check off that I want this particular post to go to Facebook and Twitter. Now, I have heard there's these rumors going around that these tools, um, when you post to them to a platform like Facebook, your post won't show up in the feed. And those are just rumors. There's a lot of studies out there that some of these tools, like Buffer has a really great study that they've done testing both using a native Facebook post and using their tool. And there is no difference to that reach of the post. It still really depends on your own page, your own audience. And like I said, at any given time, only 10% of your audience is seeing that post anyways. Um, so use the scheduling tools, especially if you have multiple platforms. But if you just are using Facebook, use their internal scheduler. It's perfect for whatever you need. Yeah, I was wondering about that, if the algorithms favor the native tools versus the third-party ones, but that's interesting about the studies, and it's good to have that myth dispelled so that everyone can just can use what's easiest for them, which I think is the biggest point here. Find a tool that works with your brain and yep. stick with it. Yep. Cool. Okay, Andrea, is there anything else that you feel like our audience should know in terms of using social media to build an audience, build relationships, and ultimately to build up a queue of customers lining up ready to, to buy your digital products. Yeah. So a huge thing right now that's happening kind of in the social media space is getting personal, sharing your personal experience and your personal story, especially if you are a um, content creator, you create digital products, people buy from people. There's so many digital products available that really most of the time, the reason they're buying from you is because they had a connection with you. So you can really leverage social media to kind of build that connection. Now, you don't have to share all of your dirty laundry. You don't have to share everything. Um, just share with whatever you're comfortable with. So um, if you have the certain things that you don't want to share, then maybe make a note to yourself to not share that. So I'll give you an example. For me, um, I don't really like sharing personal, um, like, um, personal life things. So like my family or um, my extended family. I stay away from that a little bit on social media. That's my own line. I share a lot about myself. I share a lot about my dogs. Um, my husband, even when I, if I take a picture of us, I go, hey, do you mind if I post this? Just to make sure that I'm not crossing any lines. I'm not crossing any boundaries. That's my own personal rule. You can set up your own rules for yourself, but make sure you're still adding in some level of personality. It doesn't necessarily have to be with a picture. It can be with your words. So even if you're using a stock photo or you created a design in Canva or Photoshop or something like that, you can still use your words to share your personality and to share your story because that's really what people connect with. They want to connect with a human on the other side of this computer screen and this amazing internet world. There's so many people out there uh, and still the power of connection is one of the most powerful things you can do to kind of build that tribe of people who not only just buy your products, but share them with other people. 
Yeah, that's so great. Thank you for bringing that up. When I um, actually have a survey for my customers when they enroll in my programs and I ask them, why did, why did you choose me? Why did you choose this? You know, there's many options out there on the market. So I'm always curious to know why they ended up going with me. And um, a lot of them say it's because of you or it's because I'm from Buffalo too. Or, you know, I love that you shared that about your family and I just feel like we could be friends in real life. So it is so useful. And you can't like often track these things on social media. It's, you can measure things as much as possible, but ultimately you're not really going to know um, tons of information about where people are coming from. But for me to know that a lot of my customers relate to me on social media, that's a, that's powerful knowledge to know that it's time well spent there. Yep, exactly. And you'll get the feedback along the way. So you'll know where you're on to something when people, you know, you share part of your story and people go, wow, um, I'm really glad you shared that because I went through something similar or thank you for inspiring me today. I really needed to hear those words or whatever it is. Those, that powerful connection is something that can't be replaced with any sort of fantastical marketing funnel or scheme or whatever. Um, that, that, to me, outweighs everything else. So really focus in on that and you'll go very far. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me and chat with the Rebel Boss Ladies community. We appreciate your wisdom and all of the tips and tricks that you shared with us today. Um, but before we part ways, I did want to ask you, where can our community find you online? Yes. So I spend most of my time on Instagram at online Drea. That's the word online and then D-R-E-A. Um, that's my handle everywhere though. So Facebook, Twitter, my website's onlinedrea.com. Um, but Instagram is where I hang out. Check out my Instagram stories. I spend a lot of time there um, and I'd love to connect with you. So feel free to send me a DM. Maybe I can make that a challenge to be, you know, we can connect in real life online. <laughs> and I'd love to kind of meet the Rebel Boss ladies and get to know you guys better. Cool. And do you mind sharing just a little bit about the Savvy Social School? Yes, for sure. So the Savvy Social School is an online community for people who want to get more visibility, growth, and engagement by using social media. So a lot of the things I taught today, I taught you, I talked about how you should do things or why you should do things, but inside the Savvy Social School, I really break it down and show you step-by-step step exactly what you should be doing, exactly where you should be spending your time. Um, and then one of my favorite parts is I save you a ton of time by creating posts for you. So I have quotes, I have Instagram stories, anything you need to kind of get going with the posts that on social media, I've already done half the work for you. So uh, you can find us and join us by going to SavvySocialSchool.com. Cool. Yeah, it's really great. I'm actually in that community as well. I've checked it out. It's it's really useful stuff, great information in there. And I love everything that Andrea puts out into the world. And that's why I've asked to host a webinar with her. So do you mind telling us a little bit about what, what the webinar is going to be about and what uh, our listeners can expect from that? Yes, I'm so excited about this topic because it's one that is, one again, one of those time-saving topics. So we're going to talk about how to basically work smarter and not harder and create content from the content you already have. So it's a lot of um, recycling maybe some of your digital content, some of your blogs, some of your emails, and translating that into social media posts. But I'll also show you some tips and tricks for how to create co content systems that work 
for you, for you specifically, not what anyone else says you should do. So we're going to kind of dig deep together in this webinar and really figure out what content systems will work for you, how you can leverage those so you can have more time to spend engaging and networking on these social media platforms. Which is so important because we all know how chaotic this world can be and how busy we are. So anytime that we can kind of cut corners strategically to get more juice out of something is so useful. So I'm really excited about this webinar. It's definitely going to be great. Um, for the link and all the information, stay tuned for just another minute and I will share all of that information with you. But for now, Andrea, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Hey guys, Eden here. So recapping this episode really quickly, I just have to say that I'm always just blown away by our guests and how much information they share. I love it when they tell you, you know, here's what you should be doing, here's some new things that you should be trying, but I love it even more when they take a step back and say, hey, you know, I know you're supposed to be doing this, but here are ways that you can do it differently so that you spend less time and get more out of it. And that's really what I think that we can learn from Andrea. Yeah, we need to be on social media. Yeah, it's important. Yeah, it can be a big pain in the butt a lot of the times. But here are ways that you can actually spend less time on social media and be more intentional with the time you do spend so that you can have more of a, like a quality experience. Um, and really, you don't need to have tens of thousands of Facebook followers and people following you on Instagram in order to be successful. You don't need to have a gigantic following on social media in order to generate new customers for your digital product. It's just not true. All you need is an engaged following. So everything that you do on social media just needs to be with the mindset that you're supposed to be cultivating engagement and cultivating community. And that doesn't mean that you need to be creating new content over and over again. It just means that you need to be purposeful with the time that you spend on social media and the content that you put there. And make sure that that aligns with your digital product sales funnel. So if you really enjoyed this time with Andrea as much as I did, because I always love chatting with her, she's full of wisdom, then you're definitely going to want to show up to that webinar that I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast. Andrea is going to be teaching us all about how to create a social media content strategy. Again, that's going to be about an hour long. I will be there with bells on. You know it. Uh, so I would love to see you there. Um, make sure that you sign up. The link to join is edenfree.com forward slash social dash Andrea. Again, that's edenfree.com forward slash social dash Andrea. Be sure to save a seat there. I'm not sure if she's capping how many people can attend, but it is free. So you might as well take up the opportunity to be there with Andrea because again, she she's just she's so intelligent with all of the information that she provides. So again, edenfree.com forward slash social dash Andrea, November 27th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's going to be a party. You're going to want to be there. You won't want to miss it. So make sure that you're there. And guys, until then, keep kicking ass, keep putting in the work, and most importantly, keep showing up. Have a great one, Rebel Boss ladies. <laughs>